Hello, welcome to the Radiate Podcast. We're here to connect, encourage, and empower you to radiate the message of Jesus to yourself, your neighbors, and the world. I'm your host, Steve Presswood. Well, I'm on the phone today with Kyle and Kari Newton. Kyle and Kari are OSU alumni who married shortly after graduation and who now live in Alabama. Welcome to the Radiate Podcast, Kyle and Kari. Thanks for having us, Steve. Thank you. Kyle, let's start with you. Tell our podcast listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I uh, grew up in the Oklahoma City area. Uh, I went to OSU uh, for six years studying mechanical engineering. I got my uh, bachelor's and my master's in mechanical engineering and then uh, graduated, got married to Kari and moved with 3M to uh, Missouri where I worked for a few years uh, as a manufacturing engineer, and then 3M took us to Alabama, where we're at now. Very good. And Kari, tell us about yourself, please. So I grew up in Texas, and I went to OSU to pursue a degree in hotel and restaurant administration, which is a long title for a hospitality degree. Um, I started visiting the Navigator Ministry the beginning of my sophomore year, and really got involved and grew towards the end of that year in the last two years of college. Um, and then Kyle graduated on a Friday night. I graduated on Saturday, and Sunday we got married. <laughs> uh, and then he went, uh, took a job with 3M. And so we moved to Missouri with his job, and now we're in Alabama, like you said. Super. So both of you respond to this question. What's one of your fondest memories of your time at OSU? Sure. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is when we had a snowstorm come through, uh, I think 2010, and it shut the campus down for about a week. And uh, I think just there are many, many fond memories in college, you know, just going through those years with close friends and the time in college when you can kind of do a little bit of everything and have new experiences. But we were walking back from dinner and library lawn was just this uh, foot of snow. And we decided to uh, make a snow fort. We found a five gallon bucket. We had a Frisbee and myself and my two best friends, Braden and Brandon, just spent about nine hours all through the night. Uh, we finished about 5 a.m. And we made about a 10 foot by eight foot four and a half foot high snow fort out of just uh, a bunch of bucketfuls of snow. And then we left and went to sleep and we got up in the morning about noon. And I guess that's not the morning, but we got up uh, about noon and went out there and it was still standing. And uh, we actually made it into the school newspaper, but no one knew who had built it. So that was kind of a testament of a secret success of the three of us that put a lot of effort into it. And that, that just kind of wraps up, I think our college experience of, a lot of random things that uh, we enjoyed doing that didn't have a lot of purpose. So. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious, do you have pictures to prove? Oh, we do, yeah. You can look up on, on Facebook. we got lots of pictures and uh, more on our phones of the accomplishment. We actually had a snowball fight in there the next day, and someone injured themselves by running into it. They hurt their shoulder because it was so well made. So <laughs> it was a good feat of engineering for us. <laughs> Very nice. How about you, Kari? Um, I would say that probably after nav nights on Thursdays, there's just a big group of people that would go to one of the Brahms 
and we just pack out the place, um, probably annoyed all the employees, but everybody just gets some cheap ice cream and sit at big tables or sit apart in groups and just everybody had such a fun time of just hanging out and laughing so loud and again, probably annoying other people that were there, uh, but just staying until it closed um, and then heading home after that. But that was just always so fun looking forward to after that sounds bad, but looking forward to after and have night uh, to be able to hang out at Brahms all together. Yeah, you bet. What's something you've discovered in your marriage that you enjoy doing together? Uh, I think we both um, have enjoyed the different places we've lived. Have had lots of different opportunities to just kind of be outside, be in nature. We, we love walking and hiking and kind of exploring new areas. Uh, and so whether that be, you know, in our neighborhood, walking our dog or going to nearby national parks or camping or even having the privilege to go around the world to different places and just kind of observe the beauty of God's creation. That's something we really have enjoyed and want to pursue uh, doing in our life and our marriage together. Nice. Tell me something that you've discovered about your partner that you didn't know about them before you married. So this would be fun to hear from both of you. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I knew uh uh, Kari's desire to live uh, more simply than we, than I had planned on living. Uh, you know, I'm not obsessed with materialism, but I definitely had an idea that the normal person takes these steps in owning these sizes of houses and this uh, you know, level of, of objects and possessions and kind of be, a, I'm, I'm definitely a keeper of things. You know, I have a lot of sentimental objects that may be useless, but have meant something to me at one time. And so I kind of tend to accumulate those. But after we married, Kari really began to show me the benefit of uh, living simply and having less to where we can have more quality things and maybe a higher value or a use for things that we do have rather than just a lot of things that aren't as important. Um, so both from a material position, but just in our lives in general, simplifying has been a, a good thing for us and for me personally. Neat. How about you, Kari? Um, I would say uh, definitely learning how much of a verbal processor Kyle is. I have since learned that when he's answering a question that's really, really long, or sometimes it sounds like he's contradicting himself, he's really just processing through trains of thought and wanting to do it out loud. And it took me uh, altogether six years of knowing him four years of that being marriage to really learn that um, something that probably is obvious to people, but I didn't know that that's how he operated. And I was confused by those things. And we had a conversation um, somehow that came up about it. And I didn't realize that was something we needed to talk through. And he didn't even realize that that's how he was processing through things. Uh, so just really understanding the balance of him externally processing while I internally process and what that looks like uh, to just be able to allow that in each other. Yeah, neat. Yeah, you do discover things in marriage that you didn't know, didn't anticipate, but they can be really fun, especially if you'll not let them be irritants, but we'll learn how to uh, grow and uh, appreciate and understand those things. Very nice. Well, what's something you've enjoyed about work, Kyle, that you didn't really expect? 
work sometimes is a challenge to uh, get a handle on. And so there's usually stuff that you discover in the process of working full time that maybe catches you unawares that you find you really enjoy. Yeah, I think just my shift in how I viewed the work life, you know, in college, assuming what things would be like and then coming to work uh, at, at a real place with real people. And that's kind of been the thing I've enjoyed most is understanding the people involved in work and not just the work. And I think I kind of assumed that, you know, bosses and management operated in this robotic, you know, cost first analysis and that they weren't people with their own lives and their own thoughts and their own personalities. And so just learning that my coworkers and people that I interact with on, you know, the manufacturing floor and, and my boss and people in headquarters is just filled with people like me who have dreams and thoughts and cares and learning about them as people has been, you know, really important to me and something I didn't quite expect. So they've got their own kids and they, they get sick and they have emotions too. And so I think learning them as people has been really enjoyable. That's nice. Kyle, I've always regarded you as a guy who uh, perhaps, at least for your age, when I knew you, uh, you were unusually disciplined. Uh, maybe you wouldn't have categorized yourself that way or just described yourself that way, but that's what it looked like to me. I'm curious, uh, looking back on what you know about your life, what role would you say discipline plays in the life of a disciple of Jesus? Uh, I'm going to talk about some of your own personal issues with discipline, but uh, kind of uh, maybe a description of what you think discipline does in the life of a disciple. Sure. I think, you know, uh, my first thought is about discipline is that there are two definitions of discipline. And uh, at first, they don't seem to be linked, but I think really that they are, you know, there's being disciplined as in correction, uh, taking a certain path and then needing to be corrected into that path. And then there's also having your own discipline of being disciplined. And that's also, I think, the, the role of a disciple. And that, that shares a lot uh, in common with each other because of the the word itself is wrapped up, discipline and disciple. And so we're called to be disciples of Christ, which means we're called to be corrected in our natural self into our new self. And so I think I didn't really appreciate the advantages that were in college for me around spiritual disciplines. Um, you know, I assumed that it would always be this way and that there would always be a group of intense community of like-minded believers around me and that there would be people I could come to learn from. You know, Steve and I met, uh, you and I met for almost my entire college life there, so learning from you. I just assumed that I could ask people hard questions and I could always learn from people. And of course you can, there are always going to be people who are also pursuing Christ. But I think what I didn't expect is after college, it's, it's less, there are less people who just simply have been taught the same disciplines who are pursuing in the same way. You know, there are cities and areas that have similar communities. So I'd encourage you know anyone who's listening that if you find a place with a ministry of adults who are acting like a little bit like college ministry in that way, sharing life with each other to take advantage of that and to pursue that. But in our experience, you know, we've, we've, we've found that discipline is not as common among the Christians and the churches that we've been a part of, which um, not to say that we're better, but it's just the reality that many people aren't being poured into and, or trained in, in the disciplines of life. So 
I think the fact that that community, you know, the mutual desire for growth, challenging each other, you know, spiritual leadership is just not as available. And we see people being choked out by, you know, the thorns of activities and material distractions and work and just general busyness. Unless you or we are personally disciplined, it'll be very difficult to keep growing in those kinds of environments. And again, it's not the case everywhere, but it's just not as natural for older believers to pursue younger believers. And we found that it's not as frequent that people come up to me or to us to ask to be disciplined. So to ask to be discipled. So I think it takes intentionality and courage to step into that role outside of the college ministry environment. And, and to do, to do that, you need to be pursuing a lifestyle of discipline and understanding that importance. It's, it's driven us to pursue those Paul and Timothy relationships outside of college. And without the disciplines and the work of the Holy Spirit through that, I don't think we would be where we're at today in, in these environments. So that's what I would say about the role of discipline in our life has been crucial. Do you find discipline hard or easy for you? Hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think hard for both of us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in a different way. Um, yeah. So it, it may be more natural for some people, but that doesn't mean it's easy. That's right. I, I struggle personally with both pride and apathy, which is a discipline killer. Uh, you know, pride says, <laughs> hey, you're there. You've you've been taught. You're you're this level of maturity. And so therefore you can stop and apathy goes right along with that and says, let's spend our time instead doing things that are uh, fun. You know, let's watch, let's watch another TV show. Let's, let's get this game. Let's, let's, let's spend our time doing these things that aren't important. And so I think the mindlessness fighting against my own flesh, you know, I think that's why discipline is so important. Discipline to me is like a wheel. Like, and I think that's where the, the wheel illustration from the navigators is so applicable is when I start doing the disciplines, it helps me to do them more and to, to enjoy the fruits of the discipline. Uh, and then, you know, helps me not to quench the spirit, but be involved in the things that it's doing. And so that's been for me why discipline is hard at first, but becomes easier as I do it. Kari, would you uh, just do a quick uh, description of why discipline is hard for you? I would say it's hard for me because I don't really like being told what to do, honestly. Uh, I just, I think there's a part of me that's always kind of wanted to not do what authority has told me or to buck the system in that way. But I think just seeing that when I am disciplined, there is movement and obedience in my life. And I think that trying to transform my mind in that way of there is good to having almost, I guess, rules and things that I'm doing consistently and making habits out of and not always just doing things spontaneously, but wanting to have a schedule and be involved regularly um, in spiritual things helps me to grow. And when I'm not doing that, um, obviously I'm not growing. And so there. It's, it's hard because there's a bunch of pre-work, as Kyle talks about a lot. Um, just we've talked about that a lot of there's work ahead of time to be consistent. But once you have kind of a schedule and a, a way of doing things, it becomes easier um, as long as I'm not fighting that. So you've described 
both the external kind of discipline that comes, uh, the kind of thing we get from parents and the kind of thing we get from God and his word. You've also described uh, this internal self-discipline. And I'm curious, uh, what would you say has most helped you to grow in your internal self-discipline? That's a great question. Uh, for me, I also struggle with perfectionism a little bit and wanting to excel in all the disciplines all the time. And especially that's difficult when I've made my own kind of man-made, self-made requirements and my own structure for how I have to accomplish those disciplines. And so, you know, for instance, I don't have the time to be able to spend an hour in studying the word and an hour in prayer and a couple of hours meeting with guys and a few hours sharing the word. You know, I can't do that every day. And so to me, that can bring about guilt and you know, I haven't accomplished the things I'm supposed to, which really is not necessarily what God has said. He's just told me to be faithful in the seasons of life that I'm in. So I think helping me grow has been to take the pressure off myself to perform in a specific way, but instead to see my life as kind of a sacrifice and offering and to understand I can be more flexible and look maybe more at a week's of being disciplined instead of a day of being disciplined, if that makes sense. Not that I'm sacrificing daily things that I'm doing, but I'm not so focused on doing that in a specific way uh, every day. And so uh, maybe seasons of being focused on certain disciplines uh, instead of letting the guilt stop me from doing uh, those things. Yeah. And I think that's kind of actually helped us go into like sitting down and actually putting together a schedule of what our life looks like now and then having goals and visions of where we want to be. Uh, for example, so we have a, a weekly calendar uh, and Monday evenings, we after work and dinner, uh, we go through a chapter of a marriage book together and then talk about it. And Tuesdays, we invite another couple or a family over that we know from church or um, from work or something like that, uh, just to get to know them and do life together. And just those kinds of things are built into our schedule. So with being intentional with our time, we've had to kind of simplify areas of our life by reducing our possessions and our stuff and reducing things in our schedule so we're not just busy um, and then even kind of in some ways reducing our maybe some personal dreams and goals that aren't necessarily bad but they aren't what matters eternally and so kind of changing some of our personal uh, goals to be more eternally and kingdom focused um, and that is, I think, helping us to grow in some areas of, di of discipline. I'm curious uh, for both of you, are there some discipline, we sometimes call these um, things, these practices that help us to grow in our faith. Uh, there may be one or two of those that you would say have been most helpful in your growth toward maturity. What would you identify among those that are out there that uh, have been really helpful for you personally? For me, I think the two that have been the most impactful for my overall growth has been abiding in God's word and discipling, being in discipleship relationships with other guys. You know, for being in the word, that takes many different forms, whether that's 
reading a couple of chapters before bed each night or waking up in the morning to do a short study, a quiet time over a passage or taking a few months just to really dive into one of Paul's letters, you know, in, a, in an inductive Bible study, you know, really saturating myself at different levels of study and having myself influenced by his word has really set the tone, I think, for all of the other disciplines for me. That's where we learn what discipline is. And so for me, that's that's kind of the bedrock of what's formed other disciplines in my life. And then discipleship is really, to me, both learning from someone who has done those same things and also passing it on. And so that helps keep me accountable, helps me set goals. And if I'm meeting with somebody that I'm teaching, it really forces me to be disciplined or else it's not going to work. And that's the way that the spirit teaches me what we even go through is through my own disciplines and helping somebody else to become disciplined. So not necessarily a a legalistic or super rigorous way, but just doing them myself helps me to teach somebody else and keeps me grounded and doing the things I should be doing. Yeah. How about for you, Kari? Are there particular disciplines for you that uh, have helped you to grow most in maturity? Yes. I would say um, two that might seem kind of like a cliche answer, but I've just really seen growth in my life when I'm, when I have daily time in the word and when I'm praying daily. Um, And I think that both of those things, I, we try to do both of those in the mornings um, of doing a quiet time. And then before leaving for work, praying together. Um, And I think that just really lays a foundation at the beginning of the day of truth by being in the word and then conversation with the Lord. Um, And when I've done these things consistently, I've found myself reflecting more during the day on what I've read in scripture and then how I was wanting to apply that and just remembering the application and applying it however that looks for the day. Um, And then with prayer, I like to kind of loosely use the the backbone of the ACTS method, which is basically starting with praying and praising God for who he is and then confessing specific ways that I have uh, sinned and then thanking him for what he's done in my life and then asking for transformation uh, in the lives of others and myself. And so when I've started my day that way, it's easier for me to recall these things during the day of who he is, what I've confessed, um, having a spirit of thanks, thankfulness, and just remembering and praying over people that had come to my mind, <coughs> excuse me, that morning. Um, so it just gives me clearer eyes to see things outside of myself during the day when I start in his word and when I start by talking to him. You may say that uh, spending time in the word, having a quiet time in the morning is cliche, but I mean, in that uh, the truth of all fundamentals, they're fundamental and they, uh, they never go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who's the uh, wide receiver for the saints, he can't uh, quit keeping his eye on the ball. That fundamental still applies to him. Mm-hmm. The farmer still has to plant seed at the right time or it doesn't work. So yeah, uh, you guys have, uh, I think, put in place in your lives the things that will help you continue to grow to maturity for the rest of your lives. So, 
so fun to talk with you both about uh, this topic. Thanks, really, for joining me in this interview. What a pleasure to talk to both of you, to hear from you. Thanks for sharing both your time and uh, your valuable insights with our audience. Well, thank you for having us. It's been really nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to let us just share some of the things that God's taught us, and hopefully other people can learn from that. Great. Thank you, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Radiate. You can continue to listen wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect to us online at osunavs.org and on Instagram at osunavs. See you next time. And until then, keep radiating the message of Jesus.